Welcome, everyone, to Podbean's very own podcast, Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters with inspiration and advice from the wonderful world of podcasting. This is our live episode for November, hosted by me, John Kiernan, the head of marketing of Podbean, with our special guest, Linz Florin of Growth Network Podcast, as they discuss podcast production, getting started, and best practices. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live streamed episodes like this one with top podcasters and experts. We also have recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter show on social media and on the Podbean Podcasting Smarter channel right here. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We are a podcast hosting and monetization platform and home to over 590,000 podcasts, our ads marketplace, and our dynamic ad insertion platform, PodAds. So for everybody listening, you can also start your own podcast and monetize on Podbean just by going to www.podbean.com. And you can also download the Podbean iOS and Android app for free right on your mobile device. And now we're going to go ahead and jump in with our guest for this month's live episode. I'm so excited to announce Linz Florin of the Growth Network Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for making the time. I'm over here in New Jersey. You're out in California. We got those time differences, but I appreciate you making the time to chat with us today. So excited to have some talks about the world of podcasting. But before we go ahead and speak about uh, some tips and tricks and talk about some different points for podcasters, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about you and your company, Growth Network Podcasts. Yes. Um, we started Growth Network Podcasts about a year ago. And um, it really started from me. I had done a podcast um, for uh, my girlfriend has a shop and where everything is made in LA and I really wanted to help support it. And so we came up with the idea for a podcast called LA Makers Podcast, kind of a play on the LA Lakers. And um, we started that and I was doing the interviews. Um, you know, I had a day job, but I was doing this on the side. I was doing the interviews. I made the music. I made the art. Um, you know, uh, my partner did a few things too. I mean, with her really do her business, but it was kind of a one man show and, um, I burned out, you know, it was a really great experience. I mean, it's a really great podcast. I really liked, and I hit a wall because I didn't have any systems in place. And so then it was time to start thinking about how do we put some systems in place? And that's how growth network podcast came about. And, um, you know, we've been really trying to work with uh, businesses and organizations and leverage their audience to try to, you know, really help them connect with their audience. Um, we have a couple of universities as clients. And so there's definitely a little bit of the, the sort of higher ed, um, you know, uh, we're trying to help people grow through podcasts, kind of take an elevated approach to it and help companies and organizations put some structure in so that it's easy for them to keep it going. Because like me, it's so easy to run out of juice and we don't really want that for anybody. Sure. And I think you touched on a variety of points that fit for both podcasters who are looking to use podcasting in their place of work, but also the general podcaster who's looking to uh, create a podcast for any form, whether it's entertainment or anything of that nature. Um, so we're going to go ahead and actually talk about that burnout piece a little bit later, because I think that's really important with uh, growing your podcast is making sure that you have 
the ability to continue it long term. But talking a bit about the structure here, one thing I love that you put on your website over at uh, GNP is the four points of how GNP works with podcasters. And that's plan, plant, water, and harvest. And I want to dive a little bit into some of those here. Uh, not only are these great points to showcase for the workflow of your company's vision, but also to help podcasters. I think this can be a great roadmap for podcasters to follow in general to grow their podcast. Would you be able to expand a little bit on that plan, plant, water, and harvest uh, model that you have? Yeah. Um, well, you know, as we were thinking about the Growth Network podcasts, and we, we got pretty literal, you know, um, we were really thinking about what is, what is growth? You know, we might be referring to personal growth, um, but also what's, you know, the growth cycle of a plant. And um, when we're thinking about things, it's a good model to think from. It's like, where, how can we grab that from nature? So, you know, um, you can take a a bunch of seeds and you can throw them at the ground and you can hope that they will turn into a garden, you know, and you, you may have some version of a garden a few months down the line, you know, and, um, but if you take the time to plan which crops you want, what space you want to put it in and how you want to organize it, then the likelihood of growing something that you're proud of really goes up, you know, and so the planning part is often overlooked uh, and so we start with plan, plant, and then you have to follow through, right? You have to water and, and then when it's ready, you have to cultivate it and share it with people. And, um, I think that metaphor holds pretty well. Um, and, um, yeah, it's been, you know, it has resonated with people. It resonated with us. Uh, it was like, is this, are we going too deep? You know, have, have we... Are we hitting growth too hard? And uh, but then, you know, when we settled on that exact framework, it really felt right. And I think that even if you're saying like you had that initial thought of are you going too deep? I think it's important for podcasters to maybe go that deep. You know, we uh, we often talk about the entry of which podcasters decide to start a podcast, right? Many podcasters are just sometimes talking with their friends or talking amongst their loved ones, and they have a couple of opinions about a topic, whether it's music, whether it's sports, or whatever the case may be, and someone hits that buzzword, hey, you should start a podcast, and then there opens up the idea of, okay, cool, how do I do that? Um, podcasting in its most simple form is accessible to a wide array of people at a low cost entry point. So sometimes people often have the idea to just start a podcast, to hit record, to put content out, and they might not necessarily go with that workflow like you're talking about. They might not go, okay, cool, how are we going to plan this podcast? How are we going to grow it into conception? And that's why I love those four points that you brought up and the idea of thinking about it like a garden, because it I think it takes this giant world of podcasting that people maybe before time who really want to get serious about it go, well, there's this giant world of podcasting. There's all of these things to consider or people who have been doing it for a while who might not have seen the results that they necessarily thought. And they're like, oh, again, like, what do we do? Or, you know, there might be a level of stress with that, which leads to that burnout that you talked about. You found that method and that verbiage to really take it, shrink it and say, this is the crux of how to effectively run a podcast. Absolutely. Um, there's, I think you made a great point about 
um, not being afraid to go deep, right? There's, um, I think podcasters generally, and maybe not everybody, but there's, there's likely some sort of enthusiast, you're an enthusiast about something, right? And whether it could be about hating something, it, it, it's a perspective, but it's something that you feel fervently about, right? And people around us, the feedback we get can be, hey, you should tamp that down. Hey, that's a bit much. Hey, I know that you want to take on another project, but you're taking on too many projects already or whatever it might look like. Right. And, um, and that is, you know, it's like, I think we see in each other that like, oh, I know you, I see you in this podcasting game. Somebody who might have to be spinning too many plates also, somebody who is excited like this. Um, and so, so to that, I say, you know, go, go deeper, like don't let people around your, you know, cynicism or uh, skepticism keep you from diving in. I think it's always worth doing. And if you've done the run and gun thing and you pause and you plan your next thing, the evolutionary leap is visible and palpable from people who have been paying attention. And so there's no harm in having done what you've done if you've done that. I would say at any point you can take a pause, regroup and put a plan together and that thought will show to people who've been paying attention and to anyone new who will probably pay attention more because you've put that thought in. Absolutely. And a lot of the times that initial excitement can create an amazing product up front, right? You can go ahead and you can have a great podcast right out of the gate because like we talked about, you're excited about it. This is the content you wanted to speak about. But once you've created the content, once you've put it out there and now you go, uh-oh, now I have to keep it going. Now I have to figure out ways to develop on this idea. Maybe that was all that you felt you had up front, but you love the medium of podcasting. Now you kind of get inside your own head. And um, I think that go deeper really makes a lot of sense. The going deeper part is really, we say going deeper, but a lot of people will also call that even a level of niche marketing, right? Because when we think about growing a podcast, sometimes the best way to grow your podcast is to find a specific niche within your, uh, within your specific category, right? And when you go deep, you might be covering a topic that you're just like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't, this might not really be covered so much, but let's dive into it. And then all of a sudden you become, for lack of a better term, the authority of that specific category within the giant uh, ecosystem. So it's mm -hmm. really important, I think, to think about, yeah, absolutely. Going deeper is super important. Now, when we talk about some of those points, plant, uh, plan, plant, water, and harvest. I wanted to stop and talk about the water part for a second as well, because on the website, what it says is grow your audience with creative marketing and guest concierge services. I think the creative marketing side of growing any business, but especially of growing a podcast can really lead to a lot of great opportunities and it can lead to growing your podcast in ways that you might not have seen earlier. So I want to open this up to you a bit here. Um, what are some of those creative marketing strategies that you employ and then what are guest concierge services yeah um so the creative marketing we really again we're you know we're, we're uh, pretty literal with our name and we use the network approach is you know we're really trying to connect through your network through our network leveraging the guest network thinking through sort of how uh, how to tailor 
promotions towards those folks, how to get them interested. You know, um, there's uh, social media is sort of off in the landscape where a lot of people are hanging out. And so that is that tends to be a lot of a lot of what we're doing. Um, I would say we're just dabbling with TikTok. Uh, we haven't yet seen. It's like you get a little bit of buzz from it and then nothing. And it's a it's a place where I think some podcasters have found some ground, but uh, discovery does happen there. I think so. That's yeah. a place. That's a reason to invest in that strategy. Um, and then LinkedIn. You know, a lot of our uh, customers are businesses. You know, and so that having the discussion not only about the content of your podcast for your LinkedIn audience, but also sharing behind the scenes and sort of uh, letting them know your process and reflecting on what it has meant to you to make this podcast, how it has grown your business and doing those sorts of things. And so a lot of that is, um, you know, is based around those sorts of things is really thinking through the, uh, thinking through the audience and then brainstorming dozens of ways to get to them and then sort of you sort of have to intuitively find them or like find the best you know use kind of this cost less and it requires some play i would say you do have to trial and error some stuff works some stuff doesn't but the set it and forget it marketing is is the is the kind that is the least likely to work super well and so it has to vary. We have to play with it. I think anyone switching things up is likely to get attention. And marketing strategies are based on what has worked in the past. Right. All of the schools you can go to are based on what has happened in the past. No one can predict what will happen in the future. And so the best way to be a part of that is just to try stuff, you know? Absolutely. And and I think that um, there's actually a quote that comes to mind from one of my favorite guitarists named Guthrie Govan. And um, he's talking about, um, you know, in music, you have different things that have come about, like different, um, man, the word's escaping me right now. But um, he, the basic point of it is, oh, tropes. So hmm. he's like, a lot of tropes that you hear in music are often repeated over the course of time because they work, whether that be chord progressions, you know, whether that be small melodic ideas, whether that be mixing, things like that a lot of those are taken from the course of time because they continue to hold the test of time. So like you said, when you go to uh, thinking of ways, oh, what ways can I market my podcast? There's a lot of different elements that you can do. And you can look to podcasts that are very similar in your market. Um, you know, if you're a sports podcast, for example, there's nothing wrong with going to different conventions and games and promoting your podcast there. There's nothing wrong with looking at for example, local stores that sell memorabilia and establishing a relationship there. You never know what kind of options will come out. And like you said, social media is extremely important too. It's basically taking all of those and putting those online for people. Um, obviously, there's ways to maximize on the algorithms and things like that. Um, but that really speaks to, okay, once you're dead set on creating a podcast and growing your podcast, you can then look into those uh, you can look into those social media channels and say, okay, how do I really maximize here? What kind of images do I need? What size do the images need to be? What kind of content has seemed to work best for my market, but which content makes the most sense to put on uh, this channel here? And like you said, with LinkedIn, there's a whole strategy behind that. With Facebook, there's a whole strategy. With all the platforms, there's a whole strategy behind it. 
Um, but I think it's really important that people see social media and they don't just go, okay, I'm one of like a billion people. Because social media still is very important. And part of growing that audience is growing your fan base. Your fan base may start small. Your fan base may start as only a few people. But if you can really find ways to engage that audience and figure out, okay, how am I going to get more of those people coming to my content? I think at that point, you're able to see a lot of growth too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of think of the social media, various social media sites, like um, in a way they're kind of like cities, right? Like each one is its own city and you can get an apartment there, right? You can set up an account in that city, but the way to be visible is to be out and about. You know, you have to be participating, you know, in order for people to know who you are in that city. And so um, there's sort of a, there's the stuff you post, but there's also commenting and being a participator, you know, in those things, because being a participator can get you recognized pretty well too. And so, you know, I think, I think back to like rock bands in the sixties, you know, you had to go out and you had to flyer every poll on the block you had to be talking to people you had to get people to your shows like and so i think that approach is really thinking scrappy as like that that you uh you have to sort of take up residence a little bit and it, and you can't be in every city at once you know and the metaphor might break down pretty soon but uh there you have to pick your pick your choices you don't have a all, you know, so much time all the time. And, um, you know, maybe you're an active resident in Instagram, but you're a passive resident on Twitter. And that's the reality of life, like, because you're also making a podcast and doing these other things. But if you can be find at least one place to be an active, active in the scene, as it were, I think that can really help your case. Absolutely. And if you did end up having more cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, you could go ahead and have different people say, okay, you handle the Instagram side and the growth and development of that. You handle our YouTube, you handle our uh, LinkedIn. So there's ways to do it the more people that you have. But a lot of podcasters, even in the business development world, are doing this solo or maybe with a team of one or two who are dealing with the production of the content, the release of the content, every facet of the content, so to speak, which is uh, where you guys come in. But there's a lot of people coming at this going, we have to be everywhere all the time. And yes, you want your content in all different sorts of places, 100%. And like you said, be visible in spaces where people can learn more about what you do if you run a wrestling podcast for example you'll, you'll hear me use that all the time i'm very much of the wrestling world as well um go to conventions you know go ahead and pass out information speak to different people there go and figure out your way to be part of that market um but it doesn't but like you said you can't be everywhere all the time you but you'd be surprised what you can do by growing in a certain place you might grow on a social media channel have people follow you and all of a sudden one of those people says oh i'm the promoter for this let me go ahead and get you in contact with these people you know it and it all really depends one thing i like to tell people too is and it, you know it sounds kind of like what you're talking about here never underestimate who's in your audience you know, because you never know 
who's there. You might have somebody that loves what you're doing and you're just like, okay, me creating art is difficult. Me creating videos is difficult. And you might have someone who loves your content that goes, you know what? I want to help you there, whether it's paid or whether it's like a free service because they love what you do. The point is you might have someone in your audience who can leverage a skill for you who's already not who's already basically passionate about your content and wants to help you grow in that space as well. Yeah. Well, there's, um, you know, a phrase uh, I've been using a lot lately, enlightened self-interest, right? You're, how do you, how do you get, um, we're all working towards the same goal together because it benefits each of us individually, you know? And so with your audience, how can you, um, you know, can you, call them out in, in a good way, right? Can you shout them out and, and uh, include them in, in things and and do things where they get attention and, and some visibility and some thanks? And, you know, um, maybe there's a chance to get them to, you get audience voices on there. And so there's this like, oh, I can be a part of this thing that I listen to. And um, so, you know, your, your audience, your guests, everybody, they have needs for attention and visibility and all these things. And if you can tap into being on the same page together for a moment, even, you know, you can kind of leverage each other's energy to, uh, to get some, you know, expanded visibility. And then you're seen as somebody who's lifting people up, you know, wherever I think tone really matters here, uh, because if you are a supporter of the scene that is visible and if you cut people down, that's also pretty visible. And so being someone who acknowledges other people's great strengths is a, is a great thing because if you're just shouting about yourself all day, people get tired of it. Of course. Yeah. And you can't be the resource for everything either. You can be the person who is an authority in something, but you also have the ability to help other people shine in that way. And like you said, it's better to be uh, a force that's lifting people up rather than even though it does get traffic sometimes uh, being a force that just tries to bring up the negative sides of whatever you're speaking about here too. Um, yeah. Now, one thing I like to talk to podcasters about is about their own personal bandwidth, right? How much can you do? And GNP is somebody who really leverages the ability to say, you know what, we can take a lot of the load off of what you're doing. So a variety of the services that GNP provides are tasks that many podcasters are already doing on their own. But at what point do you recommend a podcaster might want to look into leveraging a company like yours to offload some of these tasks? Absolutely. I think there are different ways, um, you know, uh, it's a strong, it depends really, but it is the, it depends in this way. Um, I think that if you are self-starting and creating in your own space, the minute you think you want to quit, it's time to get help. And maybe 10 minutes before that, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the minute you are feeling like this is the first time you're feeling like, oh my God, what have I done? This has been a terrible mistake. It's time to get help. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Um, getting an editor so that you aren't doing your, I mean, especially if you have to edit your, edit your own voice over and over again, and you're not a natural editor, that can really be a drag, you know? And so, um for somebody at that level there are 
um, Steve Stewart has this uh, podcast editors group on Facebook, which is like, I think they just hit 7,000 strong. So there are, if you need help with one specific thing, and I think a lot of individual podcasters are sort of in that space, right? I need help with one specific thing. There's probably a person who is at the level you are, who you can match with, you know? Um, and I, I actually really encourage that at that level because you're likely not super well funded and you're having to figure some things out and working with another person will really level you up no matter what. If you're at the company level or you're trying to do a project that you want to get visibility from the get-go, then I think you have to really consider an agency or something like Growth Network Podcasts because unless you've done a dozen podcasts before yourself, you're new to this landscape and it has its own ecosystem, you know? And so um, people who are trying to do podcasts for an organization or these things, they're trying to play at the level of, you know, let's say NPR or, or these other things, but they aren't attending necessarily uh, the super high level educational stuff. They're not keeping up on the industry and how these things work. You know, having a partner, who understands the full range of what's going on, I think is, is sort of really necessary. Um, I think that what we're seeing in the podcast landscape right now is really, and people are doing, there's not a standard for how, you know, cause some companies are hiring a person to do a podcast some they're hiring an agency. Some are trying to do it with this. And, um, there are many ways to get it done, but having an expert who understands the process and has done it a few times will sort of prevent some false starts. Things you probably could do and get through and learn through. I mean, it podcast is accessible and you can work through stuff, but um, there's uh, having help can change the game in terms of how much ground you can cover, you know? And so that's, we like to be support for so you don't have to understand how podcasts work at all necessarily for this, for this to be an effective project. Right. And I think that because the medium is so conversational, and even if we look at video podcasts, a lot of the time we just see two people talking into a microphone, if not a group of people talking into a microphone, it doesn't look super technical. And if we think of other forms of entertainment, if we think of a movie, we already see shots going back and forth. You know, we see these spaces that most people might not have ever been in like these giant, you know, I'm, I'm watching the 4400 right now. Uh, great show, by the way, but think about most of us haven't been in some of those like government offices, you know, so it's one of those things that off the bat, you go, wow, that's a big production. And you don't even have the concept of okay, this is something that I could feasibly do today. Um, when mm -hmm. it comes to podcasting, it is so conversational. It is so one-on-one. -on -one, and oftentimes the medium visually looks simple that a lot of people go, okay, you, you don't even think about the other side of it. You know, you think of some of your favorite podcasts who just sound natural. You'd be surprised how many of them outsource to companies like GNP to be able to have the editing taken care of and be able to, to have the professional product really developed in that way. Um, even something as basic as like you said, okay, when you listen back to maybe an hour podcast that you recorded, you go ahead and edit out your stop words, you edit out ums, you edit out these small little points, you all of a sudden are running, let's say, a half hour of your time into that you've cut 10 minutes down off of your podcast it's really cool to see but those are things that 
you might not consider when you jump into it. And there are also a lot of people in the industry who are running, been doing it for years or who just might be natural speakers and very comfortable and their concept of taking those, um, like self-editing their ums out of these things is very good. So you might see them in an interview and they're just like, oh yeah, I don't edit. I don't, I don't do that. And you're just like, wow, if he doesn't or she doesn't, then I won't. And you're just like, well, there's a reason. It's because probably when they've done it, they felt that their conversational skill was so smooth or that they've been doing it forever that they just woke up, stood in front of a microphone and their product was presentable enough to grow. So I think that there is a lot of that. And then also speaking to the burnout that you talked about at the top of the episode, if someone goes, you know what, I really want to get serious about podcasting, then they all of a sudden consider growth. They consider making their productions even cleaner by doing what we just talked about, editing their podcast, um, learning a bit about editing, right? These are all new things now that people have to consider. A lot of people have never sat in a DAW, uh, Digital Audio Workstation, Audacity, GarageBand, for those who might not be familiar with those terms. It's the software that you use to edit your audio. Uh, to us in the game, we might be very familiar with them. Other people may not. And even though we're like, oh, it's a simple tool, it's great, you do this, you do this, some people might be like, okay, that's it for me. And that might be enough to turn them off to uh, starting the podcast. Even something like creating small graphics, just like, oh, here's this episode, here's this episode. Now it's an extra level of work for podcasters. And a lot of podcasters do it, but they a lot of podcasters are successful with it too. But a lot of podcasters, I think, suffer on the other end. Their craft, what they're trying to accomplish with their podcast might suffer. And that makes the work that you and your company do so much more effective. And you don't just work with company. You don't just work with uh, podcasters who are you know in there for entertainment. You also work with business level podcasters. Absolutely. Uh, they're... You know, I mean, I've, the podcasters have different needs at that level or, you know, not at that level, but in that space, right? They're, um, it's, for for businesses, it is less, I mean, it can be, there are lots of types of businesses, uh, but there, it can be less about turning a dollar and more about building the audience or connecting to an audience you already have and building a stronger bond um, or raising awareness generally for a product launch you're doing that's unrelated. You know, the concept of content marketing is that it just, if you talk about something tangentially related as it may be, or, right. you know, if it's only loosely tied, then if you talk about something, your company is visible as being a thought leader about that. And even if that's not your main core business, it sort of gives you brand visibility and brand trust because you're known as good at something right and right. so um companies are doing this like mailchimp and uh companies like that that if they're known as making content then you'll sign up and use their newsletter service you know things like that and so um it is interesting to see what's happening and there are some you know they use celebrities and some of them are um we just you know we're working with a music licensing company you know and they're interviewing some of their uh, customers and friends and, you know, within the music industry, you know, we got the, uh, it was a really cool episode with a guy from the percussionist for Fleetwood Mac, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, these are, these are cool things that tie to my personal interest, but also serves this business for being visible 
in the community creating work that uh, fosters communication, even if it's not directly about the music licensing that this company does for business, for B2B stuff, that it still raises, we are here, we're fostering conversation and we're a part of community. And uh, so, you know, companies are investing in those things. And I think that's going to really uh, hot take. I think that's going to fuel a real growth in the industry for a while is budgets for that are going to start popping up and they're going to need to hire people who have experience in this field. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that you brought up those thought leader branded podcasts too, because we've even done some case studies with uh, some podcasts who were hosted with us, such as Paychecks Business Series. And when you hear about how they develop their podcasts, they bring people into the fold. Uh, Kaspersky also has one that we have seen called Fast Forward. And they're, basically, they're looking at their podcasts as audio series. And the general concept from their team is the same. It's yes, it is a branded podcast about our company, but the content in it is something that can create value in a variety of different spaces. You know, we're not just going, oh, it's a podcast, so let's just advertise on a podcasting space. What they're doing is exactly what you said. You're creating content that makes sense and gives people value within your industry to some degree or another. And then as you continue to see that branding, as you develop, as you go down this road, what you're able to do then is you're able to continually see and hear the name of that brand. But you also then are able to expand the brand into being a thought leader in those different spaces. So I think it's really important. And especially when you're talking about starting and running a podcast at that business level, Again, a lot of people say, oh, it's a fairly simple concept, but you still need people to edit the content. You still need people to allocate the time in their day to go, what are we creating? You know, you even have businesses that then say, you know what? We also want to do internal communications type podcasts. We want to use podcasts for training. Um, so then all of a sudden, now it's not just one podcast you're doing that's public facing. Now you have a whole slew of other content that you're working with as well. So it's kind of like, once you start really understanding how amazing, integral, and engaging podcasting has become in today's society and how you can use it, you start opening up more ways that you can use it. And then you all of a sudden could get that burnout because it's like, well, okay, now we're at three podcasts. Now we have to manage them all. Now we have to do the thing. And um, having a, a site like yours gives people that ability there. Um, what would you say? kind of speaking off of that too, what would you say is the most common mistake that you see many podcasters make when they're getting started? And how would you recommend that they uh, fix this issue? Um, well, the number one mistake, and I'm guilty uh, on a few times with different projects, um, the number one mistake is not really getting detailed clear on the audience you're trying to reach ahead of time. You know, and again, this is if you've at any point, if you stop and get clear on that, it will help. So I'm not I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, no, I've I've failed. But I've done a few. And at some point you have to correct and go, OK, I need to. Who am I talking to here? Right. Because um, if you hear if somebody is not talking to you and they are talking to a general group of people, you can kind of feel it as a listener. Right. It's different than if somebody is talking personally a little bit more. And so um, I definitely um, 
my brain just stopped. I love when that happens. I love it. We're live, people. This is great. Okay. Where was I? <laughs> no, no problem. We were speaking about like the, uh, what we were speaking about was your, the most common mistake that you see oh, many right. podcasters make when they get started. Audience, right. Yes. So, for audience. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I think it can be tempting to want to make the thing that you've thought of. This is, this is why the audience thing is so hard is that when you're excited, you're excited to do a thing a certain way, maybe right. even and talk a certain way. And so the idea is like, you want to find people who are already interested in that, but sometimes they, they didn't know that was a lane and you have to pull them in from somewhere else. And so you do have to think about where, where, from what lanes would you pull to, to think towards you? And it can change who you want to interview. It can change what your episode, what your show is even called, because once you're clear on who your audience is, then you have to do things that speak to them. And so that clever title you had in your head, you might have to sacrifice in service of reaching of better reaching your audience. And then maybe you have this story about how you had a great title and you had to get rid of it or there's, it's not all lost, but it's sometimes you have to sacrifice pieces of your dream in, to reach the people you want to in order to let the bigger thing grow. And that is really hard for anybody because it's like, no, but I thought of it and this is the way I thought of it. But I said that flexibility is a really, is a really big part of it. Listening to your audience figuring out, defining them in the fir first place, um, those things can really make a difference because um, what, you, you know, I, I don't think anyone wants to be a podcaster with an audience of one or two, you know, and I think that that is the danger of not thinking too closely about it is that it's no one quite feels spoken to and it just falls off their uh, feeds. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the clarity piece that you spoke to is extremely important from to titles to descriptions and all that. Um, again, going back into the wrestling world for a second, one of the podcasts I always think about is the major wrestling figure podcast. Um, it's run by two, it's run by three wrestlers now, actually. And they go ahead as the title assumes that you would uh, you would gather they go around looking and discussing different wrestling figures from all different walks of life different companies different eras things like that um, and i think about their title and i've thought about this fairly consistently uh, major wrestling figure podcast it tells you in the title what it's about and when you hear interviews with the talent they always say we didn't know if this was even going to be a thing that people wanted to listen to because not only do you have to be into wrestling but you also have to be into the toy market and there's so much uh, within that market that either is just like reminiscent like we have with our 80s reminiscent you know and those kinds of things um so you have to have a really targeted market but i think them having number one that really detailed targeted market plus a name that tells you oh this is what it's about okay great let's go watch this as opposed to like like you said some name that might be a little bit more flowery a little more creative a little bit more artistic but you have to kind of figure out okay is this something that i would like or you know what is this just kind of like like what is it about mm -hmm. that name i think is perfect because it's catchy enough because it's such a niche audience and it's such a niche topic, but you know what it's about before you click on it. And then it's a matter of they have to deliver on the product. But it's one of those things that even if you have a product or a podcast that has a little bit of an offbeat name, 
if their product is great, but they had a name that sold it a little bit closer to the bone, how much more successful would they be? Yeah. Well, and I think you can probably tell how I feel about it by the name of my company, right? I we we went. Could could you have gone with some like psychedelic word or 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 something with no vowels in it? You know, very easily we could have named our thing that way. But it's like we really wanted like our values actually to be in the words, right? Like growth is what we are here for. The both the personal growth, business growth network it's it's all about community and our people and rising together and then we make podcasts and it was like well that's what we do this is what we are and we encourage names that are ob you know obvious but not dull i guess uh it's hard to thread that needle but um helping helping the audience look especially now what are there two million podcasts they say now that are out that for people to retain it Give them some help is what I would say. We're all too busy. It's hard to hold on to stuff. Give them some words so that they can keep it in their mind. Of course. And even like if you have somebody who uses their name, for example, I think a lot of people need to understand that if you're using your name in a podcast, it has to also be a searchable term. You know what I mean? Like one of those things where it's great that I could say the John Kiernan podcast. That'd be awesome. Coming soon, ladies and gentlemen. But you could sit down and say, okay, how much market value does your name have? When people come across it, are you enough of a name in your given industry that people would know what to expect? If they click on the John Kiernan podcast, are they going to hear about podcasting? Are they going to hear about botany? Are they, what are they going to hear about? You know, I think yeah. it's really important that when people go, oh, there are other podcasters that have their name. Can I do that or should I do that? The answer is, again, you have to really think about how much stock you have in your specific industry. And I don't I won't say no right away because there are people that have a name within a small niche audience or a large audience that they can really leverage their name to get people over to their podcast. But then in that, maybe afterwards or maybe in the description, that's when you really dive hard into, OK, this is really what it's about people are searching you they come across your content you want to really dive into okay this is the kind of guests we're going to have on you know this is the kind yeah. of content we're going to be covering so you're using your name as a lead generator but then when they actually sit down and listen or when they go to click they know okay this is what we're actually going to be doing yeah i think that in that case what i would really do um the if you're yeah, if you're going to put something that people don't know in the name of your podcast, then your graphics need to give you context for what it's about, right? Like you use description, the description really need that first sentence needs to give me a whole lot if you're not giving me anything in the name, right? And I think it's a series of trade-offs, right? Because you do, maybe you're trying to build the brand around your name, right? You have a unique name like Lynn's Florin. There are no to my knowledge, there are none of there are no other ones out there, right? And so, if I wanted to build my name as a podcaster personality, then putting my name in the title might make sense. But then I have to give people a reason to care really hard on a lot of other levels, uh, and probably bring, some, you know, it could be niche celebrity, right? But celebrity from some other field, uh, you know, I don't. 
I don't know if it's true, but I don't, I don't know that you can become a celebrity through podcasting. I think you can transfer celebrity through podcasting and you can grow an audience for a show. Uh, but it's, um, I think it helps to take a really honest look at yourself about where you really stand. Um, so that you're able to, if you don't, if you, if you wish you had, I think a lot of people really wish they had a name that, and they want to, and so they want to be there and that can be, um, you know, sort of the, you need to reflect a little and say like, great, wh where do I really stand? Cause if you're honest with yourself, then you're starting on really square footing. Uh, right. it, it's totally true. And I guess that leads us into the final question that I want to ask you today, uh, because we've talked a lot about some great tips and tricks strategies. We've talked about this roadmap that people can use, making sure that they know uh, really the best effective ways on how they can micromanage a podcast. But what's one piece of advice that you'd give to a podcaster who's looking to grow their audience? I would say it's collaborate and get involved in the in communities i think that there are um you know depending on the social media channel you frequent there are different communities where you can be around other podcasters who are doing good work you know if you can learn from their things follow um finding a model to follow is really helpful, right? And so if you're like, oh, I like the way this person does Twitter and I like the way this person does Facebook and I like the way this company does LinkedIn. Okay, now I know from where I am, where I wanna go, you know? And so, um, but this is now several pieces of advice. All right, so- uh, <laughs> We'll the, take it. <laughs> uh, but the, I think that the collaboration and community is really big. Um, We've been really, you know, getting to work with the vendors we do, and they all have different communities. You know, we use uh, Squadcast for our um, for our recordings, and they have an amazing Slack channel that I just joined yesterday, quite frankly. Um, and it's really there's just like a community, there's a sense of warmth around the work they do, and being involved with, you know, we we have to pay for different services get involved in their Facebook group, you know, get active in the podcasting smarter Podbean group, do talk about what you're doing, get feedback, you know, and, and make this a collaborative thing, you know, cross post episodes with somebody else, you know, that kind of, uh, networky type stuff, you know, I mean, make sure it's in your genre or, uh, in your niche, you know, but, um, you know, they're, doing that kind of collaborative work acting in enlightened self-interest you know where you're you're writing posts about how awesome these other people are at what they're doing and how it inspires you to do better work yourself or whatever you know when there's a lot of love being shown a lot of love gets shown back and it becomes it becomes more fun quite frankly to do all of these little tasks that we have to do and so um you know I would say if you're looking for who to follow in the space that is doing these things really well and that might inspire you to level up your game or something, um, Ariel Nissenblatt is one of the community managers at 
uh, Squadcast, and she has her um, newsletter, and she's just like I would say a model for like somebody who is really a community builder and really brings people together, connects people. You know, when you say, "Oh, this person, this person should talk," introduce them. You know, and like that kind of thing. I think um, that kind of love built, you know, raises all the ships. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And we could talk about community all day. And like you said, there's a lot of different outlets just about growing your podcast, not even about your niche market, but just about different tips, tricks and strategies too about growing it. And I, one thing I've also loved about networking in the different fields too is that not only does it help you understand who the players are, not only does it help you connect with like-minded individuals that are about your genre, um, but what I think it also does is it kind of gives you the ability to see how other people who are who you deem as successful are doing the things too. You know, you might have a lot of podcasters who you're just like, oh, it sounds so natural. It sounds so cool. Everything you put out is great. And they're just like, yeah, we're using Lynn's Florin. And they're like, oh, really? Okay, cool. And there's that referral that then gets put there. Um, because again, I think oftentimes when we kind of live on our own island, we go, oh, this is how it is because this is how I perceive it to be. Um, but all of a sudden, when you start seeing people that are putting out lots of great content, they're consistent, the quality is always great, and you're just starting to network with that person or these people, you all of a sudden turn around when you meet them. And a lot of people, if you ask them for advice and you're kind and you're sincere, will speak to you about their process. Most people aren't trying to hide their secrets because at the end of the day, spoiler, there really are no secrets. Everybody's really huffing it. They might have something they do a little bit differently, but there's not really, and I talk about this all the time, there's no secret button that you can press. There are levels and different things that you can do that you might, there's that, but everyone's really kind of huffing it in a similar way. And when you speak to somebody who you're in the same industry of or in the same kind of um, vertical of, you then start seeing how they do it. And that can give you more ideas. And it can also tell you, oh, if they're doing that and it's working, I want to do that. Or if it's something that might be outside of your wheelhouse, you're like, I don't really need to do that. But then it puts it into perspective. Okay, cool. Here's how far I think I can grow by doing it my way, by doing this, or by adopting this small strategy here. It's not just about building community so that you can get your name out there more, but it's also about building your network so that you have more people in your, uh, for lack of a better term, in your support, right? More people that it's like, I'm in this game with you. I'm in this niche with you. And here's how we're all doing it. And, um, you know, I love that, too, because in my world, that's a way that you found out a lot of, about different conventions and different happenings. You know, there are things that when you start going into a market, you go, OK, cool. Who are the big players? Who do I want to speak to? Like you said, who are people that I've looked up to for a while? Um, OK, are they difficult to maybe are they difficult to connect with on social media through email? Is my email going to spam? Perhaps. But here's this convention that's coming up that they're going to be at. OK, great let me now go to that convention. And then you meet people there. Oh, you should go to this one. You should speak to this person. And then all of a sudden that we're in it together, you're now becoming part of that scene as well. Yeah. Well, I would say, yeah, going, going to things and meeting people is, is, um, I mean, I've forgotten what it's like, but it is, uh, definitely it, it, it's the thing I sort of have a secret, secret power with i just you know i mean i like being social i like 
um, you know, and I, I met Shannon through Podbean, you know, the, the sort of the path that got me to this conversation was going to podcast movement and just talking to each of the tables, catching cards and then following up and emailing them and saying, Hey, it was great to meet you. And uh, the ones that responded, we are now have, where we now are somewhat friendly, you know, cause we've done that. And so I didn't, um, I did some of that intuitively, but also I'd brought from other industries to sort of some practices for how to take it seriously, you know, and conferences can be fun, fun, you know, you can go to the parties and, and it can be, you can just be chat, chat, chat all day long, but also you can really, you could really level up because everyone's there. Everyone wants to be seen, you know, no one, even if there are hierarchies, there's just sort of a, like you're there to do this. You're there to meet people, you know? And so like be there, um, you know, at podcast movement, I made myself, uh, I was really nervous at the first um, the opening party. And I just said, okay, you, you know, you can introduce yourself to 10 people before you let yourself walk out of this place. And then yeah. at, you know, person number eight was somebody I spent the rest of the week hanging out with, you know? And so it was just like, all right you know, um, be, be, you know, it's sort of like the city's metaphor in the social media, be visible, be there, be present and, uh, connect with folks. Absolutely. And I think you and I will have to have another conversation for podcasting smarter, all about number one, all about music. So that's another one, but also all about conference etiquette and how to get the most out of conferences. Because uh, I always say this with my background in music. Also, my other background is with music outside of podcasting. There's a lot of conventions I've gone to there also. And the one thing that you find is it's very different walking up to somebody who you want to work with on the street or at a concert or how or hitting them up on social media and through email all those things are great but it's different being at a convention because it's kind of like the point there is to network and the point there the mindset going into it is to connect with other people so i think there's a lot of value that we could have a conversation about about how to get the most out of conferences especially in the podcasting world it's such a conversational medium it's such an engaging medium um, and i think these podcast conventions are great ways to connect with all different people in the industry um last thing i want to give you the heads up to do is i'd love to give you the opportunity to tell people where we can find you where we can find more about growth network podcasts and uh, where people can get connected with the brand Absolutely. Um, so you can find our website, growthnetworkpodcast.com. Um, and we're on all the socials, um, uh, GNP shows uh, for Instagram and Twitter, and then uh, fully growth network podcasts on some other ones. Um, you know, we're dabbling on TikTok. So if you're hanging out there, come on over and, uh, and, I'd say LinkedIn is where we're doing most of our work. Again, we're working with businesses a lot, but please connect with me, you know, write a message, say hello, say you heard me here or anywhere. And uh, I love to connect with new people and uh, we like to foster conversation and community over there a lot. Certainly. Linz, thank you once again for making the time to chat with us today. Absolutely. Thanks, John. This was great. Absolutely. 
And I want to thank everybody once again for joining us for the Podcasting Smarter Live episode for November, hosted by your head of marketing for Podbean, myself, John Kiernan, and our special guest, Linz Florin of the Growth Network Podcast. And once again, for those who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live streamed episodes like this one with top podcasters and experts, along with recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast here on Podbean. And if you joined late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters and experts that we've spoken to over the course of time, you can replay this episode on the Podcasting Smarter podcast right here on Podbean. And Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We are a podcast hosting and monetization platform and home to over 590,000 podcasts, our ads marketplace, and dynamic ad insertion platform, PodEds. So for everybody listening, you can start your own podcast today and monetize your podcast on Podbean by going to www.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean iOS or Android app right to your mobile device. Thank you once again for joining us, and we'll see you next month as I speak to Hala Taha of Young and Profiting. We'll see you next time.